0: Welcome to Murderous Roots, where you get to learn about the family trees of famous killers, like H. H. Holmes, Ted Bundy, Dorothea Puente. But today we're doing something a little different. As this is inauguration day in the United States, we thought we would revisit our episode on Joseph R. Biden that was aired on November 12, 2020, right after he was elected president. And since the last two weeks have been difficult to say the least we thought let's do something a little bit more joyful so sit back and take a listen as we go into his fascinating family tree welcome to murderous roots a podcast that explores the family history of notorious killers i'm denise and with me is zelda now let's get started Well, hello, and welcome to
1: Murderous Roots. This is Denise, and I'm Zelda. Hello, hello. How are you doing, Miss Zelda? I am over the moon. I have to tell you, Denise, because mm-hmm. oh my gosh, what a historic week we have had. I mean, oh. seriously. And here <laughs> yes. in Chicago, like people were literally dancing in the streets. I mean, I saw it video. Was, amazing to be have this beautiful joyful energy around something political which we have had no joy or or love or anything around politics in four years so well, this is yeah, amazing
0: and when president elect biden made his first speech as president elect mm-hmm. my husband and i were struck with peace i mean just a sense of peace and happiness and joy Mm-hmm. And it's not like he was particularly, ooh, let's be happy, happy, joy, joy. But mm-hmm. he didn't attack us for change. Right. right. I I felt so attacked and so yelled at for four years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And all this negative energy. And I'm an empath, And I did not, I normally don't feel the energy of people from a distance. But this energy has been so negative, so weighing. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why I stopped vlogging. I could not... Mm -hmm. shake that energy off
1: and it was something every day every single day Mm -hmm. there was some crazy ass thing happening and you couldn't get away from it it was this unrelenting assault Mm -hmm. from the president of the United States every single day for four years and so it's a new day and it's so exciting and I don't
0: know about you but I was struck with all the celebrations and I'm like oh my gosh being the geek I am I'm like, this reminds me of the end of Return of the Jedi, (laughs) when the Empire comes down. Yes. The fireworks, the celebrations, the people dancing. I'm like,
1: Mm -hmm. whoa. We just needed a few more like fire pits with meat spinning on them. And it would have been like the little Ewok party going on. I'm
0: sure that was happening somewhere. It
1: wasn't here. (laughs) But all around the globe, people were celebrating. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, the neighborhood I live in, I mean, we're in the same state, and it's a blue state, but it's very conservative here. Mm -hmm. And it's particularly my neighborhood, my rural neighborhood. I looked at how they voted, and (laughs) we're we're at the little blue dot, my house. But (laughs) so it's very red, and I'm Uh just like, oh. (laughs) So I'm kind of jealous that you got to see all the dancing in person, Even though it's from a window, but I kind
1: of wish I was there so I could dance. It was pretty exciting. Yeah. It was pretty exciting.
0: Well, and this leads us to our topic. Now, normally we cover murderers and killers and all sorts of stuff. And we've even covered the Black Dahlia, but she was murdered. So, you know, it kind of fits in the theme. (laughs) But we decided because we could not focus on regular work this week. I tried. I was, I'm so close to the topic that we were done with, but I could not stay focused for all the joy and happiness going around me. I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. So I threw out the idea, or you threw out, I, one of us threw out the idea of doing the, a profile on Joseph Biden, Joseph R. Biden Jr., mm-hmm. our president elect, and learn a little bit more about him and then learn about his family tree. And I will say, Normally, I do the trees all by hand by myself, given that we decided this about 36 hours ago. (laughs) I did not. Um, There's a website and I'll bring it up in a little bit, but I use them to get the basic tree. But I've been doing some of my own research looking for stories and interesting information on his family. Mm -hmm.
1: Now, do you have the story for how he got his middle name?
0: I do know how he got his middle name.
1: Okay, so when it's your turn again, make sure you cover that because it's an unusual middle name and I heard it was a family name. And Mm -hmm. so I was hoping you would be able to share the story behind where the
0: family, where it came from. Uh huh. Yes, I can do that. And he's a junior. So
1: Aces. (laughs) Well, I will just leap in here then, because Joseph Robinette Biden was born November 20th, 1942, in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Now, we know so much about his life and his politics, how he's voted, how he's become more liberal as he's gotten older. Um, I'm not going to go super deep in depth on a lot of things, but I kind of was focusing on stuff we might not know. Right. You know, little factoids, fun facts, as it were. Like how he grew up and stuff, right? Yeah, just a little bit of little snippets of everything. So now his childhood was one shared by many baby boomers. He had a middle class lifestyle. He was a popular football player in high school. Grades were good enough to pass. Not much better than that. (laughs) And he got degrees in history and political science and a law degree. His family moved to Delaware when Joe was young in order for his father to find work. So Biden married his first wife, Nelia Hunter, on August 27th, 1966, over her family's objections because he was Catholic and oh. she was Protestant, which was quite the to-do in 1966. They had three children, Beau, Hunter, and Amy. Neelia and Amy, sadly, on December 18th, 1972, died in a car crash that severely injured the two boys as well. Joe had just been elected to the Senate from Delaware and he was sworn into office in the boys' hospital room. Biden was only 30 years old. Mm-hmm. at the time this happened. He was elected when he was 29. He's Nine. the sixth youngest senator ever. So, going along to happier times, Joe married his second wife, Jill Tracy Jacobs, on June 17, 1977, and together they have one daughter, Ashley. And although he practiced law for a few years, the bulk of his career has been spent in the U.S. Senate representing Delaware. After three failed presidential bids, Biden was elected president in November <laughs> 2020, defeating the incumbent president who shall not be named he won (laughs) he won every state carried by hillary clinton in 2016 and also flipped wisconsin michigan pennsylvania arizona georgia (laughs) and a district in nebraska biden became the first president from delaware the second catholic president after john f kennedy and the oldest president ever taking office at age 78 surpassing Ronald Reagan, who left office at age 77. Hmm. He received a record 75 million votes. And still counting. And still counting, surpassing Barack Obama's 69.4 million votes in 2008 as the most received by a presidential candidate. So here's some of our fun facts. During his junior and senior years at Archmere Academy, a Catholic prep school, he was elected class president But was crestfallen when the school administrators blocked him from running for student body president because he had too many demerits. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) While a student at the University of Delaware, he got probation for a prank in which he sprayed the dorm director with a fire extinguisher.
0: Okay, now that's kind of funny. And I've been the
1: dorm director before. So I know. Right. He would have gotten in trouble with me, but it's still funny. (laughs) It is still funny. As a public defender in Delaware, he defended a 25-year-old fisherman who stole a prize-winning Holstein cow. <laughs> so, um, in one of the articles I read, actually the one that you shared, Denise, um, mm-hmm. he had claimed that he'd received racist phone calls over support for public housing during his 1970 campaign for Newcastle County Council. The first time the phone rang and somebody said, You, blank. You want them living next to you? I was shocked. I said, if you're the alternative, I guess the answer is yes. <laughs> As the top Democrat on the Senate Judiciary Committee in 1984, he led efforts to block the then Alabama U.S. Attorney Jeff Sessions from a federal judgeship over racism allegations. Sessions denied the accusations. Oh, yeah. Of course, we know now that, yeah, he's <laughs> just like the biggest racist ever, practically. And a perv. And a perv. In February 1988, after complaining about headaches for several weeks... Biden underwent surgery for a brain aneurysm. Three months later, he had surgery for a second brain aneurysm. He co-sponsored the Violence Against Women Act in 1994 with Republican Senator Orrin Hatch of Utah. The law, which was incorporated into the larger crime bill, provided $1.6 billion to investigate and prosecute violent crimes against women, imposed automatic and mandatory restitution on those convicted, And allowed victims to sue their attackers in civil court, even if prosecutors didn't proceed criminally. And that was huge because before 1994, you couldn't do that.
0: I remember that. And it affected how violent crimes were reported, too. Mm -hmm. It affected a lot of different things.
1: It really did. It was huge, 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 huge. He was known on Capitol Hill for his long-winded, rambling speeches and (laughs) off-the-cuff remarks. While listening to one of his lengthy Senate speeches, then-Senator Barack Obama reportedly wrote in a note to an aide, Shoot me now. And finally, to end this on a joyful note, President Biden and Dr. Jill Biden set up a Twitter account for their dogs, Major and Champ, with I didn't the handle. Know that. I know, it's cute. It's cute. I need um, to follow them. The cute. handle is DOTUS D-O-T-U-S. Dogs oh, of the United it. States. Yeah. So happy news all around. <laughs> I love that about um Obama.
0: And they ended up being friends. Yeah, they're good friends. And have a good relationship. Hmm? You did an excellent job covering all the highlights, plus a couple of things. And that Violence Against Women Act, I believe, was supposed to be renewed, but isn't McConnell blocking that bill? Or am I confused with something else?
1: I'll be honest, considering he's blocking all the bills. I'm sure that the renewal for that's getting blocked as well. Yeah,
0: so we really need to get some have something to happen so he doesn't have
1: full power again. You mean like elect Democrats to Georgia for the Senate?
0: That would be a big help. Although I heard another idea Mm -hmm. that might work as well. Maybe Susan Collins can get an ambassadorship.
1: Oh, that'd be lovely. Yeah, I think she'd make a great ambassador. I think so too. To where? Perhaps Kazakhstan. (laughs) <laughs> oh, New Guinea! Yes, yeah. New Guinea would be fabulous. That
0: was an idea that was passed around. Of course, I saw some people going, "She doesn't deserve that, and people are like "You're missing the whole point. We'll <laughs> mm-hmm. go over a couple of little things from Biden's childhood, not much. A couple of things I found. I have his birth announcement by the way, from the paper, and I will share that on the website. That's exciting. Yes. And another thing is he used to be a Boy Scout.
1: Oh, how fun. Of course he was. I saw some newspaper
0: (laughs) reports like this troop is doing this and his name would be listed among all the other boys.
1: Oh, that's lovely.
0: He has three siblings and his of his three siblings, he only has one sister. So two brothers, one sister. His sister was named Mary Valerie. She goes by Valerie Biden Owens now because she married a man by the name of John T. Owens in 1972. Now, what's kind of cool is they got married at the UN chapel in New York City oh that's cool yes but what I thought was even more awesome is that she has run every campaign her brother has ever run in. Really? Yes. People need to Google her. She is amazing.
1: And her name is Mary Owens? No.
0: Well, her first name, she goes by Valerie, her middle name. Okay. So Valerie Biden Owens. And I found this on the Harvard Kennedy School Institute of Politics website. Ted Kaufman, a longtime chief of staff to Senator Biden and now a former U.S. senator, first met Valerie and Joe during Mr. Biden's 1972 U.S. Senate campaign. Kaufman said... There was no infighting, there was no backstabbing, all of those things that bring down campaigns, because everyone knew there was no getting between Val and Joe. Oh, wow. And as Vice President Biden wrote in his autobiography, his trust in his sister is complete. And this is a quote, she has been my best friend my entire life.
1: Oh, I love that. I know,
0: it made me all, it's me all teary, because that's, that's amazing. Now, he does have two younger brothers, because Joseph is the oldest of the four siblings. Francis, otherwise known as Frank, and James. What's different about them is they like to use the Biden name to advance their own business interests.
1: All right. I can see a brother doing that.
0: Yeah. I'm sure they're fine brothers, but I'm, I can imagine that kind of annoys Joe Biden on occasion.
1: I can imagine. Kind of like, uh, was it Billy Carter and Jimmy Carter? Yes.
0: <laughs> Very much the same type of thing. And didn't Roger Clinton try to do some of that stuff with his brother, Bill? Oh, for sure. Those
1: brothers, I tell ya.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to go to his parents. His parents were Catherine Eugenie, or Jean Finnegan, and Joseph Robinette Biden, Sr., Or could it be junior? I don't know. Because Joseph Biden Sr. is actually the son of a Joseph Biden. Really? Yes. We'll get to that in a minute. But Joe Biden's father, Sr., was born in November 1915 in Baltimore, Maryland. And what I I loved this when I found this. Prior to getting married, he was active in the theater community in Scranton. He acted with the Marywood Players and the Footlight Guild Footlight Guild of Scranton. He even had the lead romantic role in The Masterful Monk that was put on in 1938 with the support of the Diocese of Scranton.
1: Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic.
0: And you might be wondering how he got his name. So where did the Robinette come from? I am actually wondering that. It came from his, Joseph Robinette's mother. That was her maiden name.
1: Ah, And
0: I've seen that actually a lot in naming of children. I've seen that a lot doing genealogy over t- with lots of different trees where the maiden name of the mother will be incorporated into the name of usually the son, but sometimes even the daughter.
1: That's how Hunter got his name because that was um, his mother's maiden name. Right. And really Hunter's his middle name too. But... And
0: Bo's actual name is Joseph Robinette Biden the III mm-hmm. or was. But anyhow. Yeah. So Joseph married his wife, Catherine Eugenia Finnegan. On May 30th, 1941, at St. Paul's Catholic Church in Scranton. And initially, they did make their home there. And I have their wedding announcement.
1: Does and it describe her dress? Yes, it does. And I, I know, love that.
0: I know how much you love wedding announcements. The marriage of Miss Jean Marie Finnegan, daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Ambrose J. Finnegan, to Joseph R. Biden, son of mr and mrs joseph h biden took place yesterday morning at nine o'clock in st paul's church the reverend thomas manley performed the ceremony and celebrated the nuptial mass which followed the altar was decorated with white peonies and mrs rose o'hara played the wedding music the bride was given in marriage by her father and wore a gown with white silk jersey bodice having a sweetheart neckline made of twisted folds of the same material and short sleeves. The bouffant skirt was made of rose of Chantilly lace. Her fingertip length veil of illusion fell from a coronet of lace. She wore pearls and carried white roses, gardenias, and baby's breath. Miss Doris Aww. K. Flanagan was maid of honor and wore the same model gown as the bride in heaven blue silk jersey and chintilly Lace. She wore a matching shoulder-length veil of illusion and carried pink sweet peas and blue iris. And
1: then it goes oh on to say that Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, it goes on to say that there was a wedding breakfast for members of the immediate families and out of town guests, followed at Hotel Casey and then a reception, and I will post that on the website.
1: Oh good. I love wedding announcements.
0: Yes, and I actually have a picture of them cutting the cake.
1: <gasps> oh yay. It,
0: there was a picture of it that followed with the announcement
1: oh that's lovely i love that
0: so but they did make their home there at first and then the war starts Or the war was already going on i mean to be honest but there was work he could get so they actually moved to boston massachusetts for a time where he was doing work towards the war um there was a manufacturing job of some sort and they remained there mm-hmm. for several years and at one point In 1947, I found this article, and I thought this one might interest you, Zelda, because it's going to come to something a little historical here. And so this is an article from the Scranton Tribune from the 5th of May, 1947. Planes to spray DDT through region today. An all-out aerial attack against the gypsy moth will be initiated in the region early today, weather permitting. Planes equipped to spread DDT arrived yesterday and will be based at the Avoca Airport. Pilots of the Ken Tyler Flying Service, of which Joseph R. Biden, formerly of the city, is vice president, will carry out the operation.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. And for listeners who might not be aware, DDT is currently banned. There's an international ban. So I had to look up more details on DDT, and you might remember more. I got this mainly from... um wikipedia but started being used as an insecticide at the latter half of world war ii to help stave off insects causing malaria and typhus and it was actually invented long before world war ii but it started being used as an insecticide at that time the chemist who developed it for that purpose was awarded the nobel prize in physiology or medicine in 1948 now there were concerns about its effects on the environment and a woman by the name of rachel carson released the book Silent Spring in 1962, which amped up concerns. By 1972, it was banned in the United States for agricultural use. The international ban did not happen until 2004. Mm -hmm. And there are still some countries using it, like parts of India, North Korea, and others. Mm -hmm. And what comes to your mind when you think DDT?
1: Well, mosquitoes and malaria and, you know, it's making the eggs fragile for birds and there's other things that it does probably alters our DNA. But the sad part is, is we've never since DDT found anything quite as effective mm-hmm. for killing mosquitoes. And, Cause mosquitoes can just take over a place and they're, you know, they're survivors like roaches, you know, and yeah. DDT does help with keeping mosquitoes down and reduce it. When you use DDT, malaria does go down. So, um, everybody's trying to find the next DDT that's not going to destroy the environment while allowing humans to like live disease free. Yeah. I mean, and then
0: what I think of is the effect it had once it went away though. Apparently it was killing off some breeds of birds. And since it got banned in the United States, bald eagles started coming back. Peregrine Mm -hmm. falcons started coming back. And then it's now been connected with um, loss of babies. Women lose. Oh, I didn't know that. Pregnancy loss and Lower birth weight babies and that type of challenge. So there's a lot of things that are problematic about it. It's just a darn shame we don't have something
1: mm-hmm.
0: to replace it yet.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Well, and that can be said for every single farm chemical, pretty much, right? Because true. runoff <laughs> from farms, man, <laughs> it's it's a real it's a real environmental issue. That is very true. Well, just to get back on Joseph Biden
0: Sr., um, the family did end up in 1953 settling in Delaware, and that's where they. Stayed, and he died in 2002
1: so he never saw his son become vice president
0: no he didn't oh and we'll get to his mother but okay. um he missed out on that part but biden first ran for president in 1987 so he saw him run for president a few times <laughs> and, <laughs> and from what i understand he was always very supportive of mm-hmm. joseph mm-hmm. so Joseph Sr.'s father was also a Joseph, Joseph H. Biden. I'm not sure what the H stood for. It might be Henry, but I'm not positive. And he was born in Baltimore, Maryland in June, 1893. And he met his wife, likely in Baltimore. They actually got their wedding license on the 27th of November, 1914, according to the Baltimore Sun, where they have a little section listing licenses and stuff. And he married Mary Elizabeth Robinette. And I'm guessing it was probably the next day because the 27th was a Friday. I'm guessing they got married on the Saturday. And Joseph Biden was an executive for American Oil Company. I I do want to add before I keep going much further. I do not know how many, like normally I'll talk about how many children the families had. Because I threw this together quick, I did not get a chance to look at how many children and all that. So I don't know how many children Joseph and Mary Elizabeth had. The majority of the tree, the basis of the tree from famouskin.com, it's created by a genealogist who's been published by the name of Rich Hall. And he had several people going all the time. And I don't think the Biden tree had been updated in a while. So there are some things I will throw in that I found in the last couple days. That's but exciting. I didn't find anything too much on Biden senior. Um, he died in October nineteen forty one. So he would have been forty nine years old. So he, he was pretty young. He died before his grandson was born, um oh our president elect at John Hopkins Hospital. Now Joseph H. Biden's father was George T. Biden. So this is Joseph B- Joe Biden's great grandfather. He was okay. born he was, a born, he was born around October 1867 in Baltimore, Maryland. He married a woman by the name of Mary Emily Liddell on the 8th of March, 1889. But then things get a little interesting. So when I'm looking at this website, Famous Ken, it said that they, he believed that George Biden died between 18, 1920 and 1930, probably because you couldn't find him on the census or 1910 and 1930, I should say. So, I'm going along, I'm looking in the newspapers, and I stumble on the following. Mrs. Mary E. Biden was granted an absolute divorce in the circuit court yesterday from George T. Biden, who abandoned her July 7th, 1912. They were married in March 1889 and have two children, both adults. Wow. He abandoned her. Wow. That happened in 1912, the articles in 1915 in December in the Baltimore Sun. So their divorce was final then. I could not find him in 1920, but I did find him in 1930 where he is living with a family. I don't know how, maybe he was paying rent, in Florida. Huh. And he died on January 31st, 1933 in Lakeland, Florida. Wow. Most likely alone because his children, I, he just left his family. Wow. Yeah, I just find that horrifying. (laughs) Then we go to his father was Joseph H. Biden. So they really like the name Joseph in the family. (laughs) Oh, and I did notice that. So like I said, Joe Biden has a brother named Frank. He also has an uncle who was named Frank. Like a lot of the same names will pop up because they tended to name all their kids around the same names.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Anyhow, Joseph H. Biden, Joe's second great grandfather was born in September 1828 in Maryland. In December 1852 in Baltimore, he married Lydia Ann Randall. Now in his wife's obituary, he was listed as a prominent commission merchant and he died in June, 1895. Hmm. Now we find the original immigrant, or the Biden family, Ooh. and that's Joe's third great grandfather, William Henry Biden. He was born on the twentieth of December, seventeen eighty-seven, in Huntingdonshire, England. I have no idea when he came to the U.S., but he was here by February eighteen twenty-two when he got married in Baltimore, Maryland, to Mary Elkins. Wow. He died in November eighteen forty-nine in Maryland. Now, his wife, Mary, was born to Joseph Elkins and Nancy Fonts in 1801. So he was 14 years, almost 14 years older than his wife.
1: Wow. I hear that was popular then. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> at
0: least she was 21. Yeah. Or 20. I mean, she wasn't quite 21,
1: but she... Yeah. It's less cringy than when it's like 14 or 15.
0: Right? <laughs> We've seen that way too many times, especially with that last mm-hmm. <laughs> Um She died... A few years after he did in 1863 in Baltimore, Maryland. Now, they are both buried in Baltimore at the Loudoun Park Cemetery, and they have this huge, beautiful grave marker. Like, oh. it's huge. And I'll put a picture of it on the website, but it has all their birth information and everything. Nice. So, now we're, I don't know anything more about William Biden or the Biden family specifically, but we'll go to Joe's fourth great-grandfather, Mary Elkins' father, Joseph Elkins. He was born the 27th of April, 1776, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania.
1: Oh, my gosh. Are you, like, geeking out like I was when I saw that? <laughs> that is so cool. Oh, my gosh.
0: I mean, in Philadelphia, where everything happens in 1776, is so cool.
1: And, got what married... na- and what was his name again?
0: Joseph Elkins. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. He got married to Nancy Fons in Baltimore, Maryland, in August 1797. But their marriage was short-lived, unfortunately, because he died in 1801 in Maryland, making him maybe 25. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm not quite sure his cause of death. I was unable to find anything in the papers. Okay. Now, Joseph's father, so Joe's fifth great-grandfather, was William Elkins. He was born around 1751 in Virginia. At some point, he, either himself or him and his family, moved up to Philadelphia, and that's where he married Mary Points in January 1774. He died, well, before I get to his death, let me, (laughs) I found this funny article, or ad, I should say. So there are actually some newspapers that exist from that time from Philadelphia. And of course, I don't think I put down the name of the, oh, I did. So I found this in the Pennsylvania Packet on the 26th of December, 1782. And it just made me laugh. So when people would lose things, when people wanted something found, they would put these little ads. And that was like common stuff in the paper. And especially in a big city now like Philadelphia, you wouldn't expect to see that except for in the classifieds. This would end up like even on the front page because (laughs) it was a community newspaper. And I found this came to the pasture of the subscriber on the 15th of August last. One red and white steer, one red and white cow, one dark red cow, one dark red heifer, and one dun cow with a white forehead. The owner may have them again by proving property and paying charges. William Elkins. (laughs) So apparently all these animals wandered onto his land.
1: Oh, that's funny.
0: And what, if somebody is listening from Philadelphia, they might find this entertaining because it has this address as being living in Walnut Street near 5th Street, which I'm pretty sure nowadays you would not see cows and steers wandering <laughs> onto your property. Especially at Walnut and 5th. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think I've been around there before, so...
1: Doesn't it kind of like speak to humanity's resilience that people were getting married and having babies during these incredibly tumultuous times? I mean, getting married in 1774, you Mm -hmm. know, when the whole country's in an uproar and then having babies, you know, not that they could do a whole lot about that back then. You know, they just kind of had babies, but it's just, it's remarkable to me how life continues to go on.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's kind of cool. So he married, like I said, Mary. His wife, Mary, was born around 1748. They both died the same year, in 1798 in Philadelphia. He died in July. She died in September. Now, I do know they had at least one other son. His name was George. And he is the second or third grade, I can't remember, grandfather of a woman by the name of Eleanor Elkins Widener. Now, that name probably doesn't ring any bells, but this would mean that she's a cousin to Joe Biden. Let me tell you a little bit about Eleanor. She is a Titanic survivor. Wow. Um, Yeah. So she was born in Philadelphia in September 1861. I'm getting this information from Wikipedia because that's what I do. And so she and her husband apparently traveled to Paris with their son in 1912 and then went on their way back. Obviously, the ship sinks. And her son and her husband die along with their valet, but she and her maid survive. So soon after she gets back and is recovering, she actually donated a lot of the, a good portion of money, um, $3.5 million, which today would be worth around $70 million, to Harvard um, for the Harry Elton's Widner Memorial Library. Harry Elton's being her son. Wow. And she also rebuilt the St. Paul's Protestant Episcopal Church in Elkins Park, um, an area near there and all this stuff. So she did some good work, but she did remarry. Okay. And this is, this is why I'm bringing her up because she is kind of an interesting person I would have loved to meet because she just, <laughs> she's really kind of cool. So she marries this man by the name, he's a Harvard professor named Alexander Hamilton Rice Jr. And not only is he a professor, But he's also a surgeon and a noted South American explorer. Oh, my. Yes. Ah. So they get married in 1915. And apparently she's wore her celebrated string of pearls, which she saved from the Titanic disaster, which, according to Wikipedia, are worth $750,000. Oh, my. Right. And apparently there was a headline saying, Explorer weds Titanic widow. Oh, my gosh. Right, And she actually went with her new husband on his explorations. Oh, how cool. Right? I mean, apparently she became the first white woman to enter Rio Negro and apparently caused such a a scandal with everybody and was shocked the natives. They hadn't seen anything like her before. Wow. And then in 1920, she went further up the Amazon than any white woman had penetrated, end quote. And the party apparently boarded off an attack by savages and killed two cannibals. Wow. So according to this, now, apparently there was a headline that read, Explorer Rice denies that he was eaten by cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, she spent time going to Brazil with him and doing all these amazing adventures. And I'm just, I'm, I'm astounded. I love it. Now, granted, she had a great deal of wealth, so that I'm sure that helped. But she left apparently her fortune of $11 million to a trust for the benefit of Rice, her husband. And nice. uh so there you go.
1: <laughs> okay, so that sounds jo- fabulous. That should be the basis of a movie or something.
0: Wouldn't that be cool?
1: That would be a cool
0: movie. Talk about, she picked herself up after a horrifying, I mean, I can't imagine the PTSD that would come from almost drowning, you know, the, your ship going yeah. down and then losing your family.
1: And she might have been like, hey, if I can survive that, I can survive anything. And then just like, then her adventurous spirit went forth. But good on her. I'm glad she had a good life afterwards. Did she ever have more children? Do you know?
0: I don't think she did because the money went to um, Rice, and it went to help his children. Okay. So it didn't say anything about the others. So, mm mm-mm.
1: Okay. Just curious.
0: Okay. So now we're going to go... Back to um, Lydia Ann Randall, and she was married to Joseph H. Biden. So this, she's the second great-grandmother of Joe. Okay. She was born around 1835 in Baltimore, and she died in 1902. And she was the daughter of Thomas Herbert, Herbert Randall and Mary Ann Shoemaker. Now, Thomas Herbert Randall was born around 19, 1803, and I keep trying to say 19, but that's not physically possible, but <laughs> born in 1803 in Maryland. And he married Mary Ann Shoemaker, who was born 10 years after he was, on the 9th of June, 1830, in Baltimore. And her father was a George Shoemaker. So Thomas was 27 when he married and she was 17. I did find a reference to him as Justice Thomas H. Randall of the county, the county being Baltimore County, in 1858. Out of curiosity, I looked quickly on the census and he was always listed as a farmer, but apparently he was a justice as well. Oh, nice. He died in June 1889 and she died in 1902, which I found interesting because she died just one month before her daughter Lydia and Randall Biden. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Well, I think there was, you know, there were diseases and maybe it was something like that.
0: Maybe. We're going to go back down now to the great-grandmother Mary Emily Liddell who was married to George T. Biden. She was born in September 1872 in Maryland and she died in February 1922. So she lived to be 49. Now I did find an interesting story about two of her brothers and I'll get to that in a minute but I thought I would share a little bit about her father who was Robert Theodore Liddell. So this is the second great-grandfather to Joe Biden. He was born January 4th, 1844 in Maryland to John Liddell from England and Emily Wobin from Maryland. He served in the Civil War, the 1st Maryland Regiment Union. But this is what I found interesting. I found the record under a pension record, and he used an alias in the war. He used the name John Dawson. Really? Yes, and I cannot, for the life of me, figure out why he would use an alias because he was of age to join the service. But apparently, that's he did that.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, and he married Susan E. Bomberger, the daughter of John Bomberger and Mary, and they got married around right after the war, around eighteen sixty-five. And he was actually a shoemaker. He died in October 1914. I know he had at least two sons, William and Robert T. Liddell Jr., also a shoemaker. Now, this is the how I know this, because I stumbled on this article, and here's the headline brother denies suicide the body of the young man who was drowned late monday night off meters park south side of spring gardens has been identified as that of robert t liddell a shoemaker eighteen twenty nine summit place northwest baltimore a jury of inquest summoned by coroner jane of mount winon's decided that the young man's death was due to suicide but his brother william who claims to have been with him says he fell overboard accidentally brothers went Monday afternoon to one of the shores in the 13th District of Baltimore County to paint a rowboat, and after finishing the work, went to Meter's Park. William Liddell says that while there, they drank freely, and his brother fell off the wharf. The drowned man's brother tried to save him, but could not. Liddell was 27 years old, a widow to whom he had been married seven years, and a child survived him.
1: Oh, that's tragic.
0: It is, but I find it interesting that the jury, the inquest jury, is willing to call it a suicide, even though they have a brother saying, I was there. It wasn't suicide.
1: Yeah, that is interesting.
0: So I call it death by mysterious circumstances, because yeah. who knows? Now, let's go to the namesake of Joe Biden and his father, Mary Elizabeth Robinette, his grandmother. She was born in November 1894 in Baltimore, and she died suddenly and it was after her husband so her husband died in eighteen, nineteen forty one, 1941 and she died in 1943 in newtonville massachusetts it was an unexpected death i could not find anything other than this was unexpected
1: oh my right
0: so basically joe biden never met his grandmother or his grandfather i mean she might have met the grandmother but he would have been
1: like one a few months
0: old yeah Oh, I find that sad.
1: That's so sad. Did he have his other set of grandparents still at that time?
0: Yes, he did. Okay. Now, I noticed an odd pattern in this family because here we go again with drowning. Okay, because she had a little brother, she had a brother who died young, drowned while bathing. Um George W. Robinette, age 13 years, son of engineer George H. Robinette of the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad, was accidentally drowned last evening at Reeder's shipyard, foot of York Street. The boy went in bathing alone and swam out about 100 yards from the wharf. He paddled around for about 15 minutes and then started to return to the shipyard landing. The little fellow battled with the current and soon became exhausted and was carried down with the stream. James Fahey and George Meyer went to the boys' rescue, but were too late, young Robinette sinking when they were within a few yards of him. About half an hour later, the body was recovered by William Hendricks, who went out in a boat with grappling irons. Dr. Phillips, who was in the neighborhood at the time, worked hard on the body in an endeavor to restore respiration, but life was extinct. The body was taken to the boys' home in the Southern District patrol wagon.
1: Oh, my God. Okay, so we need to make sure that Biden stays away from water because that's the third major water accident in his family. Yes. Wow. And
0: there's been he's had I mean, there's lots of accidents in his family. I mean, his wife died of a car accident. I did find that Biden was actually in a car accident when he was 21. But the person hit him. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, put him in a big
1: buffer. Yeah. Who has the bubble wrap duty now? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thank God for the Secret Service the last how many years.
0: Right. And then, you know, then his son. I mean, this family has had its share of tragedy. For sure. Well, (sighs) Mary Robinette's father was George Hamilton Robinette. So this is Biden's great grandfather. He was born in October 1844 in Maryland. He married Mary A. Hanafi on the 25th of February, 1884, in Salem, West Virginia. Um, He worked as a railroad engineer, and he died in April 1914 in Baltimore. Mary died in January 1930 in Baltimore. Now, Mary was the daughter of John and Mary Hanafi. And John was born in 1815 in Ireland, and Mary in 1826 in Ireland. So we have some of the first of the Irish in Biden's line. And they die, and they both die in 1878 and are buried in West Virginia. Wow. Now, we'll go to George Hamilton Robinet's father, Moses J. Robinette, the second great-grandfather to Joe Biden. He was born in 1819 in Maryland, and he married a Jane Pumphrey, E U M P H R E Y, around 1824 in Washington, D.C. Hmm. And he died in January 1903 in Cumberland, Maryland. Now, James Humphrey's father was James Humphrey. He was the third great-grandfather to Joe Biden, and he was born around 1765. And on Christmas Day in 1808 or 1809, he married Elizabeth Hamilton in Loudoun, Virginia. And Elizabeth died in August 1820 in Washington, D.C., he died 12 years later in D.C. Mm. And his father, and we're just going to go through this pretty quick, but this line goes back a lot further than some of the others, was William Pumphrey, born in 1734, he married Elizabeth Kingsbury, and he died sometime around 1780. And now his wife, Elizabeth Kingsbury, her parents were James Kingsbury and Anne DeMillion, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, That's his fifth great-grandparents, and his father was James Kingsbury, and his wife and mother was Elizabeth Hall. So we're to the sixth great-grandparents, and now the other sixth great-grandparents, the parents of Anne DeMillion, were Gabriel DeMillion and Anne Young. Now we get to the seventh (laughs) great-grandparents, James Kingsbury and Elizabeth Hall. Elizabeth Hall's parents were Richard Hall and Elizabeth. Richard was likely born in England. He died around 1688. Wow. And that's the paternal line for Joe Biden. Wow. Now we're going to go to the maternal line. Wow. So, yeah. His mom actually died just 10 years ago in January 2010 in Wilmington, Delaware. And there are so many nice tributes. You just can Google it and you'll come up with them and some nice pictures of the two of them. And her name was actually Catherine Eugenia Marie Finnegan. But she went by the name Jean. (laughs) And Eugenia is spelled like Eugene, but with an I-A at the end. But Jean is spelled J-E-A-N. Like a girl's usually spells it. But her father was Ambrose Joseph Finnegan. So this is Joe Biden's grandfather. And he was born in July 1883 in Oliphant, Lackawanna, Pennsylvania. Oliphant is not that far from Scranton. He's an interesting guy. And this is your very Catholic side of the family, too. The Bidens really did start off Catholic. A lot of them were, when they first came, seemed to be Episcopalian. I saw some Lutherans. Not very Catholic at all. But the Finnegan's? Oh, yeah.
1: Well, with a name like Ambrose, you got to be Catholic, right?
0: Oh, yeah. And it's Ambrose Joseph.
1: Oh, yeah. There was no help for him.
0: Yeah. He actually went away to college. He left Scranton area and found himself at Santa Clara College in California, where he was a quarterback for the football team. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Then in 1905, he's living in San Francisco. I even have his address. So if you're from San Francisco, you can look this up. He lived at 803 Van Ness Avenue. And this is according to the city directory. And back then in city directories, they would have your occupation next to your name and where you worked sometimes. So I know where he worked. He worked as a clerk for a real estate firm, Shane Wald, Buckby and Company. Wow. But Then something happened in 1906 in San Francisco that changed everything for him, the San Francisco earthquake. And there is a lovely bit of articles in the Scranton paper about Ambrose's time in San Francisco during this. And in fact, apparently there were two people from Scranton who were at the earthquake. And this is an article from the Scrantonian from the 30th of August, 1942, the horrible San Francisco earthquake and conflagration of April 17th to 18th, 1906 forever will live in the minds of two Scrantonians, Ambrose J. Finnegan of the advertising staff of the Scrantonian and the Tribune, and Abraham Rumniak, a tailor with a shop on Mulberry Street. Some 500 persons were killed and property loss was set at $350,000. The first tremblers began early in the morning of the 17th and continued. Then the fire broke out and all but burning the great coastal city off the map. Finnegan was asleep when the first quake occurred. He said it sounded like thunder coming up from the earth. The crashing of buildings and the rumbling set up a terrific, unbelievable noise. Stone buildings, he said, just fell about. The steel skeletons remained upright. The new $7 million city hall was crushed like a gigantic eggshell. Gas and water main snapped. Fire began in the business district and created a fiery path about four miles long and two miles wide. As the ceiling began to buckle in Finnegan's bedroom, he leaped into the doorway, feeling that that was about the safest place. The first shock lasted 58 seconds, he said, but it felt like a lifetime. There were some 200 other tremblers, each diminishingly destructive. Finnegan made a dash for the street and there learned that most people believed it was the end of the world. The Atlantic Ocean had swept over New York. That fire was consuming the Middle West. Wow. In the light of that, we considered ourselves lucky, he recalled yesterday. Evangelists made capital of the situation. They paraded around with signs. Prepare to meet your God. This is the end of the world. Finnegan had lost everything. So when the Red Cross finally had its food stations and clothing depots set up, he found himself enough with enough to eat and some apparel. And then it goes on that um, a native of Scranton, Finnegan was orphaned young and went to California to live. He went through Santa Clara College and has been working in a real estate office, had been working in a real estate office when the earthquake struck. Upon his return to Scranton, he became a surveyor for the Hudson Coal Company, later for the Gas and Water Company, leaving this field for the newspaper business. He went with the Elmira Telegram for three years and in 1918 with the Scrantonian and its advertising department. So he got, he left San Francisco right after all this occurred.
1: Well, I can definitely see why. Wow. Most definitely.
0: Um, So he gets back and it's good. He did because if he didn't come back, he might not, we might not have a Joe Biden because he meets and marries Geraldine, Catherine Blewett. Now, I should say they knew each other already, but I don't know if anything would have happened with them. Um, They got married on the 31st of May, 1909, in Scranton. And I have another lovely wedding announcement. Oh, yay. And the, the headline is Senator Blewett's Daughter to Wed. Yes, there is another senator in the family. Many visitors of prominence from other cities are expected here tomorrow to be present at the wedding of Miss Catherine Geraldine Blewett youngest daughter of State Senator Edward F. Blewett and a graduate of St. Mary's Academy, this city, to Ambrose J. Finnegan, a well-known civil engineer and graduate of Santa Clara College. Both of the young people were made orphans by the loss of their respective parents, and both as a consequence were raised in St. Cecilia's Academy, a boarding school in this city. Their attachment began while children, and the marriage is a culmination of their school day friendship.
1: Oh, that's just lovely. Isn't it? Oh, my goodness. Now, I find
0: it interesting they're calling her an orphan. Her dad's still alive, but I guess when her mother died, it left her alone and he couldn't raise her by himself or something like that. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But, yeah, his parents had died by this point. Wow. He died in 1957 in Scranton, Pennsylvania. So that means he was alive for Joe Biden got to know his grandpa.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: And from what I understand, at one point when his father was struggling to get work and those types of things, they actually lived with their grandparents. And so I would imagine it was probably these grandparents. Ambrose Finnegan did have two children to volunteer to serve in World War II, his son John and his son Ambrose Jr. In May 1944, Lieutenant Ambrose J. Finnegan Jr. was reported missing in the Southwest Pacific area. And in the article, it says, Lieutenant Finnegan's parents were informed that he has been missing since May 14th while operating between New Guinea and the Admiralty Items. While serving as an assistant ordnance officer with the 5th Army Air Force, he was cited for unusual qualities on April 27th. He received the Southwest Pacific Theater of Operations ribbon with two presidential citations. And it came out that, I don't know if they ever found found him but he was presumed dead oh gosh. never came home mm-hmm. ambrose's father was james finnegan so this is biden's great-grandfather he was born in december 1840 in ireland and he was baptized on december 18th 1840 at lordship county Louth um in Bally Mascan. Bally i'm probably butchering <laughs> it if you're irish so do you know how to say that
1: I don't even know what you're saying.
0: Bally <laughs> Muscallion. It's spelled B-A-L-L-Y M A Mascan- Scanlon.
1: Bally Scanlon then. Yeah, Bally, Bally Mascanlan. Mascanlan.
0: So Fun. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I totally butchered that, so apologies. Uh anyhow. We need to call up our Irish people and say how the yes, hell do you say that? I, I feel so bad. So he married, and I'm part Irish, but it's so
0: far back. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. He married Catherine Roche. I think that's, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, um, around 1880, 1866 in Ireland. She was born in 1846. Actually, they did not marry in Ireland. So let me go back. So he married Catherine Roche around 1866 in New York. And we'll get to when he comes over in a little bit. They got married in New York in Seneca County, probably Seneca county there's a town Ovid it sits northwest of Ithaca by eighteen seventy. They've left Seneca and are now living in Rochester, New York, and James was running a hotel according to the census in eighteen eighty They had moved to Lackawanna, Pennsylvania with their five children, Eugene, Jenny, Stephen, John, and Lewis. And Ambrose was born a few years later. Sadly, James Finnegan dies in 1895 in Pennsylvania when Ambrose would have been around 14 or 15. Mm. I did not find information on when his mother died, but I would imagine it must have been around the same time if he was considered an orphan. Now, James Finnegan's father, his second great-grandfather, Joe's second great-grandfather, was Owen Finnegan. He was born 15th of August, 1819 in Ireland, and he married Jane Boyle in 1839. They immigrated to America around 1849. There are so many Owen Finnegan's coming over from Ireland at that time, (laughs) because this is the time of the potato famine, that I have no idea which one is him. Now right. I couldn't find a manifest. If I had a manifest, and I could have seen a list of some of the kids. I could have probably narrowed it down, but without a manifest, I was, it was just too much work to do in a short period of time. Let me just say it. Mm-hmm. And they ended up settling in Ovid, New York, which is in Seneca County. And it's straight south of Lake Ontario by several miles, but you give hmm. you an idea. But they're living there by 1850. In 1860, Owen was working as a shoemaker. On December, two days before Christmas, 1874, Jane passed away in Seneca County.
1: Hold on. I just found something. Okay. While you were talking, I looked up Owen Finnegan with that birth date. Mm -hmm. And I found that Owen Finnegan, a 24-year-old shoemaker, had arrived a year earlier on board the SS Isaac Wright. The research somebody else did on Biden, they like wrote a whole article. I'm going to send it to you. Really it's cool. from an Irish newspaper cool. um, and it it says, um, let's see, according to the research, Ambrose's dad, James Finnegan, arrived in New York on the SS Marchioness of Boot, Bute, B-U-T-E, in 1850 with his mother and two younger brothers when he was just seven years old. The family came from Cooley Peninsula in Louth. Wow. This is... Oh my gosh. This It was an Irish newspaper, I guess, that did all of this and... There's, like, a ton of cool stuff on here. I'll have
0: to share a link to that for everybody.
1: Yeah. I'm going to send you the link right now so Mm -hmm. that you have it. But that just popped up. I was like, wait. Maybe somebody else, like, you know. And there's so many Finnegan's, you know. It's yeah. I didn't hope to find anything at all. So, okay, I'm emailing it to you right now.
0: And they had at least a few other children, Patrick, Margaret, John, and Thomas. Mm -hmm. And... I could get the idea of when they came over because I think it was Margaret, John and Thomas were all born in New York and Patrick was born in Ireland as was um, James. So That's that gave so me, cool. input, but without a whole lot of time to dig, I'm pretty proud of what I was able to come up with, but that oh my is God, amazing. Yeah. I
1: mean, you had literally less than two days. Right. And you, you put this together. That is amazing. Right. And I
0: will say that while, the Famous Ken website has a lot of this. He did not have the Owen Finnegan information. I stumbled on that on accident. So I was pretty impressed with myself when I'm like, ooh, wait, accidentally <laughs> find stuff. That's how I do my genealogy. <laughs> That's funny. Um, We're going to go over back oh, down to Ambrose's wife, Geraldine Catherine Blewett. And she was born in January 1886 in Scranton. And died in June 1949 in Scranton. So she wasn't as alive as long as Ambrose. So he was left a widower for a while. But Joe, Biden probably got to at least know his grandmother a little bit before she passed away. Her father was Edward Francis Blewett, so Joe's great-grandfather. And Edward Francis has his own Wikipedia page.
1: Really? Yes. That's fun. Um,
0: He was born... January 2nd, 1859, in New Orleans, Louisiana. He married Mary Ellen Stanton around 1879 in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And this man had an interesting life. I I can't, I don't even know where to start. So he was actually the city engineer of Scranton for a time. Then he was chief engineer of Guadalajara, Mexico's sewer and water systems from 1883 to 1893. Oh, my gosh. Yes. He was state engineer for the state of Jalisco, Mexico. Is that, I hope I pronounce that right. From 1900 to 1901. In 1903, he founded the Edward F. Gold Mining Company that did silver and gold mining in Montana. Oh, my gosh. He was a civil engineer and Pennsylvania state senator from 1907 to 1910. He was only the second Irish Catholic to serve in the Pennsylvania General Assembly. Kind of like his great-grandson will be only the second Irish Catholic, or Catholic, to be president.
1: Wow.
0: Now, he co-founded, in 1908, he co-founded the Scranton Chapter of the Society of the Friendly Sons of St. Patrick for the Relief of Immigrants from Ireland.
1: A group- oh my gosh. Yes.
0: And he was also a member of the Elks. Wow. He died in May 1926 in Scranton and I found a a lovely article about him and some trouble that got caused. And it makes me laugh just thinking about it because you're going to love the headline and then what happens. But this, he was into politics and I was looking around and trying to figure out what I was going to share about his time as a state senator. He ended his time in 1910 and it wasn't because he wanted to. He was planning to run again, but the party kicked him out, he said, "Nope, we don't want you running. We want this guy running instead."
1: Oh my gosh
0: now i under- I believe I didn't have it an- I found this this afternoon. I didn't have time to dig to find out more what was going on at the time, but had to do with labor issues and wanting to i think there was some concern because he was a business owner and had all those business people, but they wanted somebody who was more in touch with the workers and less him <laughs> I don't know. Wow! But I found the following article from the Scranton Republican on January 24th, 1893 blew it to be arrested. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> mayor Fellows wow. issued a warrant for that purpose. He refused to file his oath of office and the mayor exercises the authority vested to him by law. So, wow, this is the ultimate political move here. Shortly after 5 o'clock last evening, Mayor Fellows issued an attachment directed to any police officer in the city, authorizing him to arrest City Engineer Edward F. Blewett. (laughs) The warrant is issued because the City Engineer has treated the authority of the mayor with contempt. On Saturday, City Engineer Blewett was served with a subpoena, directing him to be present and file his oath of office, at the mayor's office at 10 o'clock yesterday morning. Very little attention was paid to the subpoena by the city engineer. He did not deign to answer the communication, and mayor fellows resorted to a compulsory process in order to secure the oath. When the city engineer is arrested, he will be taken before the mayor and fined for contempt of court. If he does not pay the fine, he will be committed to jail.
1: Oh, my gosh. So, basically... He's like, I'm not
0: showing up when he tells me to show up. Wow. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, no, I got stuff going on. And so there's like these communications between them. And the one, the first one's from the mayor going, dear sir, I, in reply to your favor of the state, I will say that I have a right to call upon you to furnish me with your oath of office. And it's your duty to comply with my request. And Edward F. Lewitt replied with the following: "Dear sir, am unable at the present time to find my oath of office, but if you desire, you may procure a copy from J. Elliot Ross, Esquire." So,
1: oh my gosh, I don't
0: know if he was ever arrested, but I found that greatly amusing.
1: That's funny.
0: Wow. So you know, sometimes you got to just say no. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So that's Edward F or Edward Francis Blewett, the great-grandfather. Well, I thought what he did and the work he did was amazing. And then I stumbled upon his father, Patrick Blewett. Now, Patrick Blewett was born on the 20th of April in 1832 in Ballina County, Mayo, Ireland. In 1850, he was living in New Orleans. But by 1857, he's in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and he marries Catherine Scanlon. Now, he died in November 1911 in Scranton, and he has the most amazing obituaries ever. There's two. I had to pick between them <laughs> because they were so good. And it makes you go, oh, my gosh, this guy's an overachiever trying to make us all look bad." <laughs> so, here it goes. Patrick Blewett, pioneer mine inspector, has passed away. Born in County Mayo, Ireland in 1833, the son of a civil engineer, so engineering runs on this side of the family, by the way, if you didn't notice, he prepared for college, but an event occurred to change his course from college to the seas as a cabin boy on a ship. The ship on which he sailed caught fire. The crew was rescued, being taken to Liverpool. He shipped again and landed finally in Chile. There he met a family who had relatives in his hometown in Ireland. They offered to adopt him as their son, but he declined, drifted in a vessel to the Hawaiian Islands, visited China and Japan, and landed in America in 1851. I think they have some of the dates a little off, but we're close enough. In the meantime, his father had emigrated from Ireland and had settled in Lackawanna Valley. Here, the son also landed and remained for the rest of his days. In 1854, he was working as a draftsman for the D&H Company but soon went to Lackawanna County as civil engineer. He married in Scranton and went to Iowa and opened the first coal mine in that state. From Iowa, he went to new Orleans and engaged in railroad building. When the civil war opened, he went to Brazil and was compelled to remain there until the war closed. In Hmm. 1866 or thereabout, he and Sam Stevenson, the father of George H. Stevenson, civil engineer went to the oil regions in the Western part of Pennsylvania And there engaged in railroad engineering, laying out roads to the oil districts. He remained there until 1871. Returning, he was engaged by the Delaware and Hudson Company, but quit that company to become mine inspector. Mine inspecting meant work and constant moving in those days. His district embraced all of Lackawanna County and all of Luzerne County, north of Pittston. He remained mine inspector for four full terms and part of the fifth term, or 23 years, Acquiring in that time a knowledge of Cal measures in this valley, which made him an authority on questions involving that subject. Prior to his becoming mine inspector, he was county surveyor for Luzerne County before Lackawanna was created. He resigned that office to accept the inspectorship. It was while he was engineer for Delaware and Hudson that the company abandoned gravity between Scranton and Carbondale. The deceased was the father of 13 children, of whom eight survived.
1: Wow, that boy had hustle. Yes, and he was everywhere. Wow.
0: So, and there's There's another obituary that gets even more detailed, and I'll probably share one or both on the website. Wow. His father, Patrick's father, was Edward Blewett. He was born in 1805 in Ireland and married Mary Mulder, or Reddington. Expressed both ways in different places. Holly in Ireland, and they had at least six children, John, Mary, Patrick, Thomas, Catherine, and Edward. Can you tell they're Catholic and Irish? Mary was born in 1803 in Ireland, and she died between the 1860 and 1870 census. Edward died after June 13, 1870. Now, I found the following from the irishfamilyhistorycenter.com about Edward, because apparently he was an engineer in Ireland. Oh, wow. Yeah. And if it wasn't for the potato famine, they might have stayed there and done great work. Mm -hmm. And this is a quote from the website. When the Army engineers of the Ordnance Survey arrived into town, Edward Blewett applied for a job and was duly hired. His job was surveying, and the experience was to serve him very well down through the years. The Ordnance Survey was an immense, efficient, and meticulous machine systematically plotting each ditch, hill, and stream. Edward spent nearly three years working for them until there was no need of his services, as the work in the area was nearing completion. The next evidence we have for employment is as an aplotter, a geographical surveyor and valuer for the valuation office. Then it goes on to say that Edward's son, Patrick, briefly worked in Bellina as an overseer of Public Works. He left Ireland by autumn 1850 to settle in America and become a sailor. By 1851, Patrick Lewitt returned to Ireland to bring his parents and siblings to America. And they they do mention in the article about the potato famine, meaning there was no work. And that's why Patrick went on his adventures.
1: You know, I really wonder what the educational system was like in Ireland before the potato famine, Mm -hmm. only because... It seems like they've actually given us a lot of scholars and engineers and and such. Um, The Irish side of my family, they were engineers and surveyors. Mm -hmm. And and I'm just kind of like, you know, going way back. And so I'm just kind of curious now. It's like, okay, I'm going to go find a book on this. I'm sure somebody's written something.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Well, we're we're almost done. We're, We're closing in on here now. And we have Mary Ellen Stanton. She was married to Edward Francis Blewett. So this is Joe's great-grandmother. She was born in 1861, and she died at the young age of 27 of typhoid pneumonia in 1888. Oh. Um, her father was James Stanton. He was born in 1831 in Ireland, and he was married to Mary Arthurs, and she was born in 1843 in County Mayo, Ireland. And... and Literally, in the last hour before I came down to record, I found the following about Mary. I discovered her parents. So this is Biden's third great-grandparents. Her parents were Patrick James Arthurs. He was born 1816. He was baptized in October 1816 in County Cork. The parents, Patrick Arthurs and Mary Connell. And he married Bridget D O N G I N E. I'm sorry for torturing an Irish last name. Wouldn't
1: that be Dunny? Wouldn't that be Dunny? That's probably
0: Dunny. You're right. Okay.
1: (laughs) I just... I was at a loss. Um, And they got married probably
0: before 1843. Bridget was born around 1824. And he died in November 1885 in Scranton. And she died in October 1894.
1: So they immigrated to the United States?
0: Oh. So that's... So they immigrated with her, with James Stanton. There's not James Stanton, with Mary Arthurs, who married James Stanton.
1: Now, did she go back to Ireland or was Mary in the United States when she married James Stanton? She was
0: married. She They probably got married in, um, oh, I know. I Now that you say it, I wasn't very clear. So James Stanton was born in Ireland when he married Mary Arthurs. It was probably in Scranton.
1: Okay. So. Cool. Good question. There's so I, many Marys. <laughs> There's so many Marys, Jameses, and Edwards. It's I know. like okay, let's. But you know, the,
0: the only thing is that Mary was born in 1843, and they got married around 1856. Oh, yeah, that was young. And she was 12 years younger than him. So well, that's uncomfortable. It could be I have a date off mm-hmm. somewhere. Uh, that's a possibility, or it could be correct. Never know. And that is the family tree, as I was able to get in 36 hours of <laughs> Joseph Robinette <laughs> Biden Jr., our president elect.
1: Yay!
0: Thank you so much for joining us on Murderous Roots, where murder and family meet. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and please leave us a review. You can find more information on this episode and others at murderousroots.com. If you have a story you'd like to share with us, you can email us at podcast at murderousroots.com.